1: in preseason form anymore we can't rest on our laurels we can't act as if we only release one episode a week because the puck drops today today is tuesday october 11th the blue jackets don't play today but the nhl opens up well i guess it did earlier in last week in
2: north america the nhl opens up
1: it does and it is go time Everything is real now, it's time for the games to matter, and it's time for the Blue Jackets to take the ice on Wednesday against the Carolina Hurricanes, which means that we are back in our our typical recording format of releasing on Tuesdays and Fridays, is that right? I don't even remember.
2: <laughs> yes, I, I do believe uh, it is Tuesdays and Fridays.
1: All right, well, um, so Laura and I are going to be spending a lot of time with each other on Mondays and Thursday nights, but... I'm looking forward to it. It's that time of year, Laura. How are you feeling as the Blue Jackets are set to open up the season?
2: I'm feeling really excited. It has felt like the both shortest and longest off season ever. Um, obviously, the Blue Jackets had a lot of excitement sort of midway through the off season, which carried us along content wise for quite a bit. Uh, we've also had some personal. Um, Things to celebrate and talk about uh, um, and achieve across this off season as well. So, as much as it's felt like forever, um, so much exciting things have happened, and now we're just ready to get back into the full swing. Get our recording schedule back um, in its groove and really get down and dirty with Talking Blue Jackets Hockey.
1: Because you know the way we do it, it's down and dirty. That's funny.
2: <laughs> and everyone should also know that we're recording this episode together. together. We are in my dining room and so... The laughing over each other will not be delayed as it is. No, it'll Um. be
1: very much real time. (laughs) Yes. Very much real time. And and it... That's always when it feels like the realest to me, that we have a podcast together, is when we're sitting down like next to each other, like looking at each other, <laughs> talking Which about is hockey.
2: sad, because we talked about it today, about how many times we've actually recorded the podcast in the same room, and I think it's three.
1: Now. I feel like it's now three. <laughs> um, it's fascinating, too, because I think what we learn when we record episodes together is just how like ADHD we both are whilst recording.
2: Yeah, we should really do this in a room that has nothing in it.
1: Yeah, we should have we shouldn't have our phones because you and I both, since we started recording, have tweeted like we've yes. like been on Twitter like on our podcast's Twitter. Yes, the grind never stops.
2: And like I keep having to open back up the note that I have up for the episode, and you know it's it's fine.
1: We'll manage. Yeah, we'll get through it. We I always do. Keep looking do. at
2: my old ass bananas that you won't see because we're not doing a video of um this part. Today, yeah, you really should
1: put those in the freezer.
2: I well, this is people don't care, but I ran out of flour, <laughs> and so I have to. My I'm picking up groceries this afternoon, and I'm going to make banana bread, so that's why I have old ass bananas.
1: That's fair. I'm just saying that they're darker than midnight, girl. <laughs> yeah,
2: I know the other ones aren't. I just uh, I know people can relate to this that you buy bananas with all the intention of being healthy and eating said bananas, and then they sit there and
1: they don't get eaten. Isn't that the most wild thing? You buy bananas with the intention, and me too, of eating well, being healthy, whatever have you, like adding some potassium to your diet, and somehow, some it ends up turning into a cake.
2: Yeah, which is <laughs> like... really terrible. And it was definitely, I mean, everyone remembers the, b- the banana bread craze of uh, quarantine. Oh, my God. But... Yeah, which is sad, but see, I don't really eat eat the stuff that I bake, so I guess it's okay.
1: Um, You're lost, but Laura, we we have some hockey to talk about. We've got some predictions to do, you know, how we love to do (laughs) those.
2: We do. We also have some things that we talked about in the last episode that I shockingly ended up being right about, so things that so rarely happen.
1: It's my favorite thing that you bring that up because you know that what I'm going to follow up and say is that when you say that everybody but two players is going to make the team, you're gonna like you're gonna hit on one of those. And this
2: <laughs> is where I say that he needs to just let me have this.
1: I will let you have this. I am glad that your team of 27 <laughs> managed to make the roster (laughs) hey it's just really fortunate that some of them are starting out on ir so yeah that is very true yeah without a doubt because if not i think a couple of these guys would have made their way down but i guess that's kind of where we can start like that's not a bad segue into the blue jackets have an opening night roster and there's obviously some question marks about you know who is actually healthy enough and who is on ir right now just to be able to allow for there to be some space for some of these guys but Yeah, as of right now, the roster is set at 14 forwards, seven defensemen, and two goaltenders. So a nice, solid little 23 there. So one can assume that either Gus Nyquist might still potentially be out on Wednesday. We don't know. Like, there's no, like, confirmation. Lars said he could be ready to go. But if that's the case and he's ready to go, then two of these guys are probably going to get scratched. But... The, the people who are most notable, I think, in terms of talking about them making the team because there were question marks going in were, were Ken Johnson and, and Liam Foodie. Liam Foodie to me, is, is the surprise there. I feel like not a lot of people have talked about it, but you and I talked about it while we were at the game last Thursday. Uh, the absolute... <laughs> it was so much fun to watch.
2: I mean, I've... I don't feel bad for the Blues, but, like, I feel bad for the Blues. You kind of
1: have to. I mean, that is absolutely... we murdered them, and it was fun. But to be fair, can you imagine getting off of a plane...
2: And literally... (laughs) Basically, them being told they have to get dressed on the bus. um, Because that's how late their plane was to arriving in Columbus last Thursday. Which, this is now um, uh, the second time in recent history that the Blues have almost had to cancel a preseason game because of plane issues. Um, I think they have enough money to figure that shit out, so might want to look into some more reliable airfare. But um, hey, they made it. Um, The Blue Jackets did a little cheeky thing when they did skate out onto the ice. They made it look like an airport arrival time, so it was very cute. But then we murdered them, so it was also a great time.
1: With a smile on our face, we did murder them. But all that to say, Liam Foodie looks really good in that game to me. Like he I, did. I enjoyed watching him a lot. He was hard to get off the puck. He's he, his skill—you could tell had developed. I think that's always been the the commentary on Liam Foodie has always been that man—he's athletic. He's got skill. It's the other pieces of the game that he still needs to learn to be able to make the roster. And I still think it's really possible that he is one of the guys that's sitting on the outside looking in of of an actual like job come Wednesday like he might be scratched but I think it's still a good sign that the club is willing to keep him up here I think that obviously that signals that they were worried that somebody else might be interested in that athleticism and the skill of Liam Foodie, and they might have claimed him on waivers but thankfully we don't have to worry about that he is there player that's not here emil benstrom i don't think we've talked about emil getting sent down since no, we yeah and so he was sent down he was not claimed on waiver um and so he'll be in cleveland to start the season and uh if you want to learn more about Cleveland start of the season you can check out my recent article on fieldpasshockey.com uh which is the cleveland monster season preview where i talk about what's the deal with emil benstrom what's the deal emil
2: that you should have named the... i'm pissed off yeah you missed that was a missed <laughs> opportunity But, no, I think we talked about it a little bit last week when we were basically saying who should end up on the opening night roster. And I think the decision to risk putting him on waivers was the right decision. Um, He has not had a good camp. Yes, he had a couple of goals, but other than that, he has not been noticeable in really anything. Um, And as we've talked about, at length in previous episodes, and as the social media world has talked about at length regarding Emil Bemstrom, like he, it's just this experiment has gone on for quite some time, and he needs, if he's gonna stay in the in the NHL, well, if he's gonna stay in North American hockey, like he needs some time to figure out what the hell is going on and how he can make his game more consistent and how he can maybe bring back that spark that he had when he was playing in Europe. Because there, I mean, Jarmo doesn't bring people over like for no reason. Um, And Emil Bemstrom was a really good hockey player in Europe. And, you know, that just spark sort of died kind of the moment that he came over here. So, you know, whether it's a change of scenery, or maybe we need to start considering that Maybe the Columbus Blue Jackets organization just isn't a good fit. Um, but I do agree that the decision to, to risk putting him on waivers um, was the right one.
1: Yeah, and speaking of the ADHD that you and I both have, mm-hmm. uh, the Cleveland Monsters just announced that they're playing an outdoor game in Cleveland on March 4th. Shut up, my birthday weekend! Yeah, so we might end up in Cleveland on March 4th and playing the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton Penguins at 1 p.m. on the 4th.
2: Fancy. Also, since we're not doing video, I get to see what the sound waves look like as we're recording for like the first time. Notice, I never...
1: notice that she just got super quiet because she saw.
2: Yes, and I get very self-conscious that I am always louder than Jeremy, and I was very loud right then and there. So
1: That's okay. We, we've never gotten commentary that we're quiet as people. That's so. true.
2: I mean... <laughs> That, that's very true. It's, we've got comments that were annoying, but like... Which, like, fair. True. I don't know that
1: I... I mean, I don't listen to our show.
2: <laughs> I do. I don't find this annoying. I find it quite entertaining, but I also have this great ability to disassociate, and so it's kind of like I am not even listening to my own voice. It's just like another person with my best friend talking, so... Which is weird, but hey. Someone has to do quality control.
1: That is true. And it is you, nine times out of (laughs) ten.
2: More like 9.9 times out of
1: ten. I will say, I will say, Mm -hmm. that in episodes where we interview somebody, I listen, because I feel like when you're interviewing somebody, you don't always take, like, this. the same way, like, what I'm writing for, like, Cleveland or whatever, like, where I, like, have to listen to the thing after because I'm not really, like, hearing what the player is saying. And I'm going to listen to this episode.
2: Well, is this, are you spoiling the lead or the surprise
1: yeah well i don't i mean i don't know that i'm spoiling a surprise i mean we have we we aren't going to go through the whole episode without telling them it's going to be in the episode
2: we just be like surprise interview
1: yeah um so we're excited to welcome on andrew peak blue jackets defenseman who just signed a three-year uh extension with the columbus blue jackets that runs through 2025 2026 he's joining our show for our little season preview got about 10 minutes with him and it was, it was really enjoyable to talk to him. You're not going to want to miss his Stanley cup question answer. It's
2: it caught him off guard. Let me just put it that way. And it I caught me
1: off guard. I of
2: course was the one that asked him the question. And so it, I wish we could have, and maybe this will be the question that we cut and put up for video, but um, the look on his face was quite comical as he had to contemplate, what he would eat or drink out of the Stanley Cup. Um, so, yeah, you're really going to want to listen for his answer.
1: Yeah, it's a good time. And um, why don't we, before we get into predictions, yeah. let's give the people what they want. Sure.
2: Here's our uh, quick little interview with Columbus Blue Jackets defenseman Andrew Beek.
1: All right, so we are pleased to be joined by Blue Jackets defenseman Andrew Andrew Peak, who's getting ready to head into his fourth season as a professional, Laura. Andrew, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you very much for having me.
1: Yeah, anytime, anytime. So the season kicks off in Carolina tomorrow, but let's take it back a few weeks. You signed a nice little contract extension. So talk to me about, uh, you know, obviously, first of all, congratulations, but talk to me a little bit about how much easier that makes the season, knowing that you don't have to worry about anything other than hockey going in.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, regardless whether I was, you know, signed up for an extension or not, you know, I'm going to try and go day by day as I normally do. But obviously, uh, you know, the inevitable happened, and you know, it is a little bit of a weight lift off your shoulders. You don't have to think about it at all. So, um, you know, it's it's exciting for me, and my family. You know, I love it here. I love Columbus. Ever since I came here, I was, you know, so shocked at the city. And being from Florida, it's it's a bit different for me. But you know, I've always appreciated my time here so far. Good deal.
2: Awesome. So you're just coming off, um, the off season. So how was that for you? Anything fun, exciting, anything different about how you've prepared for the upcoming season?
0: Uh, no, the off season was, was awesome. You know, I go back to Florida, spend some time there, you know, with family and friends. Um, but no, I just really wanted to work on getting a little bit stronger, uh, coming into the season, adding a little bit more weight, you know, with the style of, uh, play that, you know, the team and, you know, myself, um, you know, want to play. It's, um, for me is it can only help if i get a little bit stronger which i did so i was excited about that and uh you know some off ice you know golf go to the beach you know pretty pretty standard things i would i would say for a florida guy so um, that's pretty much it
1: fair enough fair enough you got to take in the things you can't do in ohio during the off season for sure not too many beaches yeah. around here unfortunately <laughs> i wish there were more, right but- Good stuff. So this interview is going to be airing as part of our season preview episode. And so just talk to me a little bit about like what your goals are personally for your season and also just what some of the goals are that you and the team have going into the season.
0: Uh, I mean, for me, I I think it's just building and continue to build on um, last season. Um, I, you know, kind of hear Lars talk about it, but for myself, you know, I I set a standard, I set a bar for myself with how I was able to, you know, come in and earn more minutes and, and play my game last year. So, You know, this year that's that's the standard for me, and um, you know, I'm excited. I don't necessarily have like an exact goal or point total, um, you know, but there's a lot of things I want to keep improving on in my game and gain more confidence. And so, I'm just looking to you know add to my toolbox and continue to do what I do best. And uh, you know, for the team, it's it's definitely exciting. You know, there's a couple of big summer moves and um, how we grew as a team last year. You know, there was ups and downs for sure, but. Um, For the most part, it's everyone that was from last year back. So that's the exciting part. Everyone's a year older, and uh, we'll be able to continue to grow with each other, which is really exciting coming into this year.
2: Awesome. And Andrew, you've had a pretty great preseason, most notably a four-point outing against the Blues last week. Um, And it seems like the offensive side of your game is developing quite well. How do you think camp and these preseason games went for you personally?
0: Uh, I mean, you know, Throughout camp, it's it's obviously a hard camp, but uh, we work hard. We work together. Um, and then preseason games, you know, I just tried to, you know, continue to add, like I kind of just talked about, continue to show what I worked on over summer and then, you know, stay true to, to what makes me, you know, Andrew Peak, I guess, if, if you want to put it that way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, a four-assist game doesn't necessarily happen too often, so I won't be complaining at that. But it's, it's definitely something if I could, you know, help, Pitching offensively a little bit more, obviously, like that's a plus for for the team and, you know, um, it's not necessarily taking away, you know, what I do, you know, whether that's in the defensive zone or playing hard or, or the little aspects of my game that I try to want to, you know, build my foundation around.
1: Sure, and kind of that point, we kind of pride ourselves in being a show that pretty much any level of fan can can listen to and kind of get a gist of, of what's going on. And so, you know, for the Blue Jacket fan that's coming in into watching hockey for the first time, talk to us about, like, what is what is the Andrew Peak style of hockey? Like, what is your personal hockey brand?
0: Uh, I play hard. I, I work hard. Um, defensively is my, my strength in terms of, you know, ending plays quickly. Um, clearing out the front of the net and then obviously in transition you know making that good first pass um, you know joining the rush with my legs Um, yeah it's it's not too too complicated it's just you know playing hard winning battles um, you know making sacrifices whether that's blocking shots or taking a hit or making the hit and then obviously making that good first pass and um, yeah joining the rush when I can.
2: Cool. Obviously, Andrew, you are still a very young guy, but this Blue Jackets team is also very young. So, how has it felt for you to step into this year's locker room as as a leader and kind of be a mentor to some of these new, um, super young guys to the league?
0: Yeah, um, it's been awesome. We have a great leadership group here, and then anytime you know, as you get older, and you know, especially like we pretty much have the same team, so everyone kind of grows to, with each other, which is really exciting, you know, especially on the back end, you know, me Beaner, uh Bokey, were able to, you know, around the same age and, and grow together last year and then, you know, coming into this year, it's the same type of situation. So, you know, it's exciting for us. It's exciting for the organization, knowing that, you know, we have a good young core and we're going to continue to grow with it. So, um, you know, being able to help young guys, obviously when I was a young guy, I always appreciated, um, you know, when guys would maybe take me under their wing or just, you know, maybe shoot me a text like, Hey, if you want to come to dinner, so you know, you always try to include you know everyone when you can. So it's, it's pretty cool.
1: Good stuff, good stuff. So you know, we're we're only a day away at this point from from the puck dropping in Carolina. So what is what is the one thing that you you and really the the team would would want Blue Jackets fans to know going into this season?
0: Uh, and hopefully do better than last year. But no, no, we're uh, we're we're going to be a fast team. We're we're going to be hungry. We're going to you know be all over the puck. And you know, I think I think with a couple of the additions and, you know, being a a year, uh, you know, past what we were last year, having the puck more on our stick, playing with the puck possession. So, you know, I think we're going to be exciting and um, defending hard. I just think we're going to take an improvement from last year and see where that goes. Obviously you don't want to put like a specific, you know, number or points, however we're going to get, but I think there'll be a big improvement and we're all excited. We feel it in the room. So um, there's a good energy and we just can't wait to get going here.
2: Great. And then lastly, this is uh, something we ask all the guests on our show, and we we understand that some uh, players are a little bit superstitious, but um, we want to know when the Blue Jackets uh, win the Stanley Cup, uh, obviously with you on the team, um, what would you be eating or drinking out of it?
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, well, yeah uh that's a good one um i don't know it's got to be got to be some sort of fish something like that that i could get in south florida that's i mean i'll eat pretty much any fish and we have that back home all the time so i don't know what i would be able to you know get get in there what type of mixture it would be but it's got to be something around fish so hopefully we get to that point where i can make that decision
1: Good stuff, good stuff. Well, you're gonna love Finland. We hear, we hear. There's nothing but fish over there on, on, on part of all the meals. So, so you'll be living it up for sure. But,
0: yeah. Good stuff.
1: Andrew, we really appreciate you taking the time. Best of luck, safe travels down to Carolina. We'll be watching closely, and, and we're excited to see what happens this season.
0: Yeah, we are too. No, thanks for thanks for having me on. It was uh, mm-hmm. it was a great time.
1: All right, thanks, Andrew.
0: Yeah, thanks, guys.
1: All right, so fish. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I know, like, I know where he was trying to go with it, but the only thing that I could visualize when he was saying fish was the Stanley Cup, but then fish tails sticking out of it, like, just a bunch of, like, trout, and I know he's from Florida, so it wouldn't be trout, but, like, red snapper, just, like, the tails. Just outside of the... I think he meant a seafood tower.
1: Yeah, and I think, too, like, when Seattle eventually one day wins a cup, that will make sense. Yeah,
2: because they also throw a fish after they win and stuff. Yeah. But, so, I, like, ultimately think that he meant, like, a fresh seafood tower that would contain fish. But he just kept saying the word fish and... It just I couldn't get it out of my mind. that there would be, and also live fish like jumping around in the Stanley Cup, like that is also what I.
1: Yeah, because what are our answers that we've gotten so far? The answer we Rick Nash said beer.
2: Yarmo said wine. Yarmo
1: said wine.
2: We've had like ice cream. That was Peter Lovins. We've had um, pizza,
1: Italian. We had like Italian from from Spencer.
2: Yes. Um, what did Jeff say? I'm
1: going to have to go back and listen to all of our episodes and make like a graphic of what everybody has said and then just have Andrew peek at the bottom with the fish emoji.
2: (laughs) I know Catherine said fireball.
1: Oh yeah, she did say fireball. That's a lot of fireball. It is a
2: lot of fireball.
1: Unrelated. So I was, so part of the reason that I'm here is obviously for the Blue Jackets home opener, But last weekend was homecoming at Ohio University, which is one of my alma maters. And so I went down there, went to a bar, and as one does when you're in Athens, Ohio, drank too much. But I ordered, I like just wanted to sip on whiskey, essentially. Like like that's where I was. Like Like an old man. Kind of. And I said, do you have crown apple? And he was like, yeah. And I said, can I get a shot of Fireball and a shot of crown apple together? And the look that this man gave me, he was like...
2: Like you were a genius or like you were insane? No,
1: like ask me four times if I was sure that that's what I wanted. I was like, yes. Like, I you like.
2: You got it on ice, right? Yeah. Okay. Like,
1: nobody just comes up and like is like, hey, can I have this without. It's not an accident. You don't accidentally order a fireball and crown apple after yes, you've sir. asked if somebody has crown apple. I was like, dude. Um, but that was uh, over at one of my favorite Athens bars, which is Tony's, at which I had five hot nuts. If, okay, first of all, if
2: you've never had a hot nut, it is a coffee shot, but yeah. I don't know what liquor is in it. I've I only had hazelnut it, liqueur. Okay, I've only had it once when I went to OU Homecoming and also drank too much, but five is a lot of hot nuts.
1: To be fair, I ordered four. The one came and it was a little, like, it wasn't hot. <laughs> it was like Ew. room temperature, essentially.
2: You had a lukewarm hot nut? You no, know, I had a
1: lukewarm nut.
2: <laughs> Ew. <laughs> everything about that sentence.
1: Oh, my God. Okay, so uh, off the rails already, but um, so he brought a fifth one of, like, hot. Like, he was like, that was on the house. And I said, oh, thank you, kind sir. Like, that was a terrible call on my part to take it. But, yes, definitely a lot of libations were consumed in Athens, Ohio.
2: Yeah. I tried not to pester him as much as I do on a daily basis when he was in Athens, but, like, sometimes I just got
1: worried. Yeah, to be fair, if you would have pestered me, I'm not sure what the response would have been, but... So I just asked for signs of life every few hours. Correct. So note to self, maybe I'd put a hot nut in the Stanley Cup. Ew. What do you mean? I li- do you not like hot nuts? Like, was it not good I to you?
2: I don't like coffee. That's, that'll do We have been it. over that. <laughs> that'll do it. That'll do it. <laughs> also, you, it would make the... Now I have to argue why you can't do this. It would make the physical Stanley Cup too hot to hold.
1: Well, you the cup... you. You would have to, like, somebody would have to grab it, like, from not the cup part. But then you'd be pouring a large
2: quantity of hot coffee at your face.
1: And that's off-brand for me how?
2: I just don't think winning or getting your moment with a Stanley Cup is worth third-degree mouth burns.
1: (laughs) Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But, uh, you know, in order to win a Stanley Cup, they've got to play the games, they've got to they've got to perform and all that kind of stuff. And I guess we should probably get back on track to talking about what we plan to talk about on this episode, which is predicting some of the some of the key stats and and just the overall performance of this team going into the regular season obviously, coming off of a a year that I think most people I don't think we need to summarize last season, but I think most people would agree that they somewhat exceeded expectations last year. The Blue Jackets finished with 81 points. They finished sixth in the Metropolitan Division, and I think a lot of people had them picked to be like a bottom five lottery pick team. And so, yeah. to finish the way they did was successful. But I think that potentially, like, could that be breeding more unrealistic expectations for this year? Could that, you know, potentially like harsh the mellow of what this season could be? Who knows? I guess we'll find out together. We'll talk about what we think is going to happen. But a lot of really exciting things to look toward the future when we're looking into Jeremy and Laura's crystal ball.
2: Correct. And I definitely can say wholeheartedly that no one's intention is for, um, even though literally every person that we've seen put up their own predictions that is not a Blue Jackets fan, uh, is predicting for us to regress and do worse than we did last year. Um, I don't think anyone who knows about this team and knows about um, what their specific goals and intention is but I don't believe that regression is necessarily going to be what happens and from my opinion,
1: yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, we might be spoiling, and maybe we'll like lead with this. I guess since we're already kind of spoiling <laughs> this prediction, but that's
2: my bad because I forgot.
1: No, that's totally okay. That's totally
2: ADHD. okay.
1: ADHD. Honestly, I'm clipping that, and I'm gonna use it every single time we have an ADHD moment on the show. But yeah, I, I think I agree with you. Like, I think when we look at the Blue Jackets point total of 81 points last year, I'm on the plus side of that. I don't think that there's like you can't look at this team and think like oh, they got worse. I think what you can consider is that there might be teams in the Metropolitan that got better, but I don't know if anybody got better enough to warrant the Blue Jackets regressing within the division. Kind of got to (laughs) poke some fun at our tip of the iceberg (laughs) friends, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, One of the hosts... um... What the fuck? Okay. All right, well we're just gonna try that again okay. um <laughs> one of the hosts said that we would finish seventh in the metropolitan but then and I forget his name on oh, the worst but Nick Nick <laughs> Nick. Yes. Nick was the next one who said we were gonna finish fourth big fan of Nick big fan of Nick's work um but I got them at plus 81 like I, they're over 81 to me um, yeah I
2: have I also agree that they are pl- um over 81. Uh, I don't really want to put like an exact number on it, but like, I definitely, again, I definitely don't think that we're going to regress. Um, I know that Lars is very focused on taking the pieces that Yarmo was able to obtain for him over the off season and using them to the best of his ability with what we already have established in this lineup. And I don't think either one of us have ever been, in the camp that like, oh my gosh, we got Johnny. Now we're gonna immediately win the Stanley Cup. Like, that is not like no. we would be entirely unrealistic. And you should stop listening to this show right now if that was our like mindset of this. Like, are we hoping? I think I said this in a, in a tweet last week. You know, we are our our intent every season is that we make it into the playoffs. But this year, if we do, that's absolutely fantastic. But if we don't, I am not going to be, and I think I can speak for Jeremy too, we are not going to be in a place of now it's time to panic because, you know, clearly nothing's worked. Like, because it would be like nothing's working and like, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's not the case. Like, greatness takes time. There's still some pieces in this lineup that are weaker than we would like them to be. And our team is either the youngest or tied for the youngest in the NHL again. So um, things take time. And our perspective is we just always hope for progress and always push for the playoffs. But if we don't make it this year, the ship is not sinking. But I digress.
1: Well, pulling it up now just so that way we kind of know where the team is in terms of age, still the fourth youngest team. In the league, um, <laughs> Aaron Ford's line said, "CBJ getting older, folks, because you know, um, you know, we're starting to." They can
2: maybe drink alcohol at, our, at the mean age of the team. Hey, twenty-five point nine. Wow, they can rent a
1: car. <laughs> twenty-five is such a shit birthday. Okay, so next we'll move into some of the some of the predictions that we have about like some individual stats. Um, you know, I think everybody kind of always does the whole like how many goals are gonna get scored like who's gonna score the most goals for the team it's always a fun one to predict goals are fun goals are flashy we know this you know this and so uh, we're gonna start there we're gonna start with who is going to have um, better seasons than last year we're gonna look at their goal total from last year and in most cases determine whether or not they're gonna go higher or lower than that because that always works for us and then we're gonna wrap it up by talking about who we think is gonna have the most goals overall so Uh, Laura, I'll I'll start with a pretty easy one, I think, for both of us, is a player that did not play the entire season last year, um, had a couple injuries, had a couple of personal issues that kept him out of the lineup in some cases, and that's Patrick Laine. Patrick Laine scored 26 goals last year, higher, right?
2: Oh, 100%, and honestly, and we talked about this in our season um, exit or whatever, but the, the fact that Patrick scored 26 goals in the amount of games that he did play last year is really impressive and so far over this preseason he has really started I mean he just looks so comfortable like and people who aren't Blue Jackets fans have been noting that he seems like a much more well-rounded player just in these preseason games like he's doing so much more to be both offensive and defensive with the puck Mm -hmm. he is you know using his time on the ice to make sure that even if it's not him who has the best opportunity to score or to move the puck you know down the ice that he's looking for that person and i don't think it's it's harsh to say that when Patrick came here, he was a much more selfish player um, as far as what his game is considered, because the Jets have a, a very different style of play than we do. And it's taken him, you know, quite a bit of time to to get used to that. But I think with everything that's gone on in his in his personal life and his professional life and that especially that first, you know, shortened season that he was here with us He's learned that he has more fun being a more well rounded, team focused player. And I don't think anyone can argue about the already developing chemistry that he has with Johnny.
1: God, that line was stupid. (laughs) Like, and I know again, like Saturday or Thursday maybe was an unfair assessment of that, but man, that line has looked dumb. Dumb good.
2: Yes, dumb good. Dumb
1: good, put it on a shirt. Uh, next we go on to the guy who's playing on Patrick Laine's off-wing, and that's Johnny Goudreau. Johnny Goudreau had 40 goals last year. He did. Are you going higher or lower with Johnny here?
2: I. Some people are going to hate me for this. I'm going to go, and I'm sure the critics will be like, look, see, he's not as happy in Columbus, blah, 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 blah. That was a terrible voice, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that was
1: pretty rough. Um,
2: but <laughs> I... I'm going to go lower. I
1: am too. No, like I absolutely am going like, lower. Like I think
2: I think it's very fair to say that he is going to need some time to adjust and some time to get acquainted with everyone on this team, you know, most importantly his his line mates Patrick and Boone right now and you know, just it's an adjustment. He's also his personal life is Ain't a great adjustment as r- right now as well. I mean, he just moved back to the States. He and Meredith just had a baby. And it's... It can be a lot. So I don't think it's unwarranted or unreasonable to think that he may dip down. And, of course, the critics and the Columbus haters are going to be like, this is clearly... It's not working. Like, he was better in Calgary. Um, but... You know, I think, and we'll we'll probably talk about this later, but I think that his number of assists, I don't know what they were last year, but I think his number of assists is probably going to go up.
1: I don't know. He had a lot of assists. But um, I think he had, like, 70 assists. I don't know. If he gets <laughs> 70 assists, I'll die. But, um, but yeah, I, I think, like... The other piece, too, right, is, like, this is a team, like, I think his overall points total will be lower. Like, this is a team that's, like, not necessarily designed currently. And, obviously, there's adaptability here. And there's, like, going to be adjustments, I'm sure, by Brad Larson to accommodate the style of play that Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Line have. But it's just not really a team that's currently designed to be this, like, incredibly high-scoring, like, system. And... Uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe, maybe we'll see. But I just don't. I don't imagine that he's gonna put up 40 goals, especially like you said. Like the goal scorer on that line is not Johnny Gaudreau. Like it's Patrick Laine. And so, well, I do. I think he could have like upwards of 30 plus goals. Yeah, but I just think 40 is is probably a little bit too steep. And there's a player who's centering that line. His name is Boone Jenner. At least as of right now. Obviously, this could change, but. Boone Jenner had 23 goals last year. He's obviously on pace to set a career high last year before getting injured. So, Laura, I've got to know whether or not you think Boone is going to be higher or lower than 23 goals.
2: I think he's going to be higher. Yeah. Um. First of all, when we he made his preseason debut last Thursday when we were there, and I know you and I talked about him. We also talked about it with our friend Matt, but that was the fastest I've ever seen Boone be on the ice. Yeah in my fandom life like there is definitely like uh like a zip back in Boone Jenner um I think he feels really really happy to be back and skating and playing and um from all accounts he said that rehab for his back injury went really well over the off season and he's done you know, everything to try and make it as stable of a situation as possible. And I think he's really happy with the decisions that were made over the summer and, like, the potential that this team has. And, you know, I think last year he put a lot of the struggles that the team had, like, mentally on his own shoulders, and I think he he's had some time to reflect, and I don't know this personally, but I think he's gonna go into this season a little bit differently as a captain and really motivate this team. And so I think he's gonna be the person that, if obviously if if Johnny or Patty aren't scoring, like if they see an opportunity for a dirty goal or a rough and ready goal, they're giving that puck to Boone, and he's gonna get all of those. Like in the in the thick of things, goals. Yeah,
1: I think the thing. Yes, yes, I don't <laughs> I don't disagree with you, and I'm also going higher, but I don't know if I agree with like how he's going to get those goals. I think the thing that's interesting is in Boone Jenner's career, he's never really been a player that has played with guys on his wings that take away so much attention, and that's going to happen not only on this first line, but it's also going to happen on the power play. It's going to happen in a lot of different situations on the ice. And so, for me, I think Boone Jenner is going to have more of an opportunity to have success offensively. I don't – I mean, I don't know if he gets to 30 goals. Because, like, here's the thing too, right? Like, we can't have, like, 12 30-goal scores, right? Like, that's not going to happen. Um, but but three I would nice. three, three would be nice. Three would be nice. But also, like, that is even, like – you're starting to get into like some pretty like elite like offensive territory, even with three players that have 30 goals, and so I, I think it's entirely possible that he, I it's not just entirely possible. I think he will have more than 23 goals. I'm not feeling as confident as to say that he's going to be a player that has, you know, 30 plus, but I think he has more than 23 for sure. And a player that I'm smashing the over on, like I'm not like even like going to to tee it up any other way, is Zach Wierenski. He had 11 goals last year. This is a guy who has led defensemen in scoring in the past, so it's not outside of his game. And again, talking about the first power play unit, Zach Wierenski is probably the third most threatening player on that first power play unit right now.
2: Yeah, for sure. All
1: of the attention is going to go to Patty and Johnny, mm. 100%. And so you've got you've got Zach Wierenski – quarterbacking the blue line from or quarterbacking the power play from the blue line, he's gonna have chances. Like he is going to be left wide open. He's gonna have an opportunity to put home a lot of goals and, and I think you're gonna see Zach Wierenski maybe be close to um I mean, just solely because of the power play being one of the top scoring defensemen in the league this year. No doubt in my mind.
2: Yeah, I am also going to go over with Zach. I mean, the fact that he in which was in something which was one of our worst seasons as a team, Zach had his career high of 20 goals um to then come back and just like, you know, similar to Boone, Zach got saddled with injuries last year and oh, his poor face. Um, but I think he, you know, from all accounts of interviews that he's done um, in the preseason, and just being able to see him play um, in these preseason games, like he has similarly a renewed, you know, renewed energy. He's got a few new defensemen underneath him um, that I'm sure he's loving the opportunity to sort of like mentor and lead the way. Because I do think as as Zach has gotten older, he is fallen more in, into that role and likes being in that role. Um, and so, yeah, I think he's going to, he's going to be the ninja of the, of the first power play, uh, line. Cause like Jeremy said, Johnny and Patty are going to get all the attention. So all of the players are going to be damned, uh, to try and stop them. And Zach's going to be able to scoot in there and do what he does best, which is that beautiful slap shot and hopefully get get that goal number back up.
1: We'll return to our predictions in just a second, but hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team to get $200 in free bets if they win. You know, maybe you want to take a gamble on the Blue Jackets heading to Carolina on Wednesday, or maybe Friday against the Lightning seems like a better better pick for you. Nevertheless, if it wasn't enough excitement that the Jackets are taking the ice again, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure and reliable, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. We move on to a player who finished the season really strong, questions about whether or not he can come back to that form, and that's Jack Roslovic. So I always we always do Zach and Jack back-to-back, and it always stresses me out that I'm going to say the They're friends, so. Um, so... Jack Rosalick had 22 goals last year. Um, uh, m- the majority of those coming in the last half of the season. Uh, he obviously found his stride when he did move up in the lineup. It, you know, it's possible he's going to be playing second-line minutes this year, which is still a little bit of an improvement from where he started the season last year. Um, but obviously, he thrived most when he was playing some, some really, really meaningful first-line minutes last year. And so... I don't know. I'm a little bit, like, I'm a little tempted to go lower in this case just, like, by, like, one or two goals. Like, I I just think that that one's going to be close. 22 feels like a pretty accurate number for Jack to me. Um, But if you had to ask me whether or not to go higher or lower on it, I'd probably say lower by a goal or two.
2: Yeah, I'm definitely going to go lower. Um, God love him. And I I hope that he is – I hope that the end of last season was – Uh, a good example for him as a player that he has to find the ability to be more consistent in his play and the issue is if he can only do that by playing like top line minutes or you know playing in certain situations that's going to be difficult for him because there's going to be a lot of transitional situations this season because of the addition of some of of these new players that, you know, makes Lars have to do a few things in order to balance things out. So Jack may become one of those transitional players and he's going to have to learn to adapt to that. And so it's going to be interesting to see. I hope that he doesn't have a slow start to the season because I think that is really frustrating for him and the fans Um, but yeah, I definitely think it's not going to be a lot lower, but it will be lower.
1: Definitely agree. So then we go on to a player, an Igor Chinnikov, who didn't necessarily have the season that I think a lot of people wanted. But again, I think there's a lot of unrealistic expectations about rookies in this league. (laughs) Mostly because I don't think the Blue Jackets have had a lot of like high caliber rookie talent in the last couple of years. And so now it's like, oh. Okay, like, let's let's bring those expectations back. But as he comes into his sophomore season, scored seven goals last year. He scored six in the preseason. And I know preseason is not necessarily the most fair litmus test. But you can't tell me that you don't leave that preseason feeling more confident in your game after having scored six goals, put up a goal in every game you played in. Uh, you know, and, and what was interesting to me is that all those goals were different. Like, there were some goals that were just beautiful shots. There were some goals that were just effort, like through and through, so, you know, for Chennai, I think, again, like, with Zach, I, I feel no more certain about anybody except for Chennai and Zach. Like, those two are the ones that I feel so confident in saying over on, and I I don't really even, I wouldn't even entertain anybody telling me that Igor Chennikov is going to have less than seven goals this year.
2: Yeah, no, you said it all. I also think that he is going to have more, and I think I also heard, like, a weird thing that he may have scored the most goals. In the preseason. I don't
1: think that's weird at all. I mean, you know, it makes sense.
2: Um, out of, you know, all the players that played in the preseason. But, yeah, definitely no, nothing else needs to be said. I expect uh, an improvement and uh, a very wanted improvement from the player um, in this new season.
1: Without a doubt. And a player talking about rookies. Uh, it's funny. I can see where your mind was when you were making this list, Laura. <laughs> um, talking about rookies from last season. Cole Cylinder, somebody who scored 16 goals. And if I'm honest, I, it, like, the, like, theories of a sophomore slump make me want to almost say under here, like, not because 16 goals is not achievable for him, but, like, there have been additions to this lineup that take him, I think, out of some situations where he was able to thrive more than – more than he normally would. And, again, like, he – Performed really well toward the end of last season, right? And so, I don't know. I'm afraid that we're going to have the same list, which is never good co- podcast content. But I'm going to go over with Cole by, like, a goal or two. Like, I don't think he's going to get to 20. But I do think he's going to be over 16.
2: Um, I'm going to go under. Wow. Uh, um. For basically all the reasons that you said. Yeah, you like how
1: I said all the things that were like, I'm going to go lower, and then I went higher.
2: Right. Um, just because, I mean, Cole didn't play a lot in the preseason because he got injured mm-hmm. during camp. Um, but for everything you said about these new additions, about, you know, some of the decisions that Lars is going to have to make with the line, I think similarly with what I said about Jack is that this is going to be a transitional season for Cole. And what I've said previously as well about um, fans having unrealistic expectations for rookies, like, I don't think fans will respond well if Jack cut ha- or not Jack, if Cole has, like, a slight regression. But the thing is, is Cole is 19 years old. Um, 98% of rookies do not have the type of path that Cole has had in the last year, and You know, for better or worse, that could make a potential regression harder for him. Um, But he's going to have a lot to adapt to. And, you know, he's a young man in this league and having the kind of rookie year that he did um, can make his own expectations a little outlandish. So we'll just have to see. But, you know, I love you, buddy. You're very you're very talented. Um, but it might just be a little bit of a step backward this season.
1: Yeah, and, and kind of going on to our last player that we'll predict higher or lower on. We've got Jakub Voracek, who is somebody who had six goals last year, which is something that um, you know we joked about and we you know had all fun of which with. in
2: the second half of the season, right?
1: Yeah, because he had one for like the first forty games. Um, I uh, I'm gonna go lower. Really? I don't think he's gonna get the six. Cause here's the thing, right? Like he's gonna get pushed off of the first power play unit. He's going down to probably the second or the third line. He's just not gonna be on the ice with players who are, I think are gonna be the ones setting him up. Like, he's never he's not gonna play a lot with Patty, he's not gonna play a lot with Johnny. Like, he's not going to play a lot with the playmakers on this team, right? Like, at least in the past when he was, like, moving around in the lineup, you had playmakers, like, Oliver Bjorkstrand who could find in the puck. I don't see it this year. Like, I don't see where those goals are coming from. And I know that six is not lofty. But six is also more goals than he scored the year before. So, like, I – like, not everybody has to be a goal scorer in this league. He's somebody who I don't view as a goal scorer in this league. I think that is pretty fair. And so, I – I'm going lower.
2: I'm I'm gonna go higher. Sure. Um, mainly because like I just I think because he has said publicly that he expects himself to score more goals this season, and Jakub Voracek does not strike me as the kind of person that if he sets a goal for himself that he doesn't achieve it. Um, so even if it's like seven goals. Like, I think that that will be, you know, and the, and if those seven goals come like every like one every two or three weeks, like so that they're more spread out over the season and less like, you know, daunting for him to only have one goal in the whole first half. Um, but no, I think I think it will be different kinds, but I I'm going to go with he'll he'll be over.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, listen, I set goals for myself, too. I don't always I don't always make them happen. But, nevertheless, the last player we're going to talk goals about is going to be Kent Johnson. Kent Johnson is somebody who only played in a handful of games last year, obviously. Has not scored his first NHL goal. Is that correct? Not
2: in re- regular season.
1: Yes, correct. And so, don't count until you do it during the regular season. And so... Um, you know, he's obviously somebody we can't. I'm thinking he's going to be higher than 0. Yeah. yeah. Um, I So let's go ahead and throw out a number. What is the number of goals that you think Ken Johnson is going to score this year? 14. I think 12. 12 was hmm. where my head was. Um, yeah, I again like I don't know how much he's I if he's like just a healthy scratch like over and over again, they're going to send him to Cleveland, right? Like, yeah. that's the other piece of it that I think is important to note, right? Like, they're not just going to keep him on the roster to keep him there. And so if he gets sent down, like, it's going to be harder for him to score in the NHL. Hard to score in the NHL when you're playing in the AHL. But I'm going to go 12, and you're going 14? Yep. Amazing. All right, so you guys can hold us to it if he gets more or less. <sighs> He's going to get 13, right? Yeah. No, for sure. Oh, well, that would be kind of fitting. Um, <laughs> okay, so next we're gonna go to the the good old penalty minutes. Uh, I loved that you included this in your in your planning for this episode because that's always so much fun to talk about. And uh, we'll go we'll we'll run through this list. And uh, we've got four players here that had a pretty uh, successful season. Like sure. they spent a lot of time in the box last year. Um, the first player is uh, Vladislav Gavrikov. He spent 68 minutes in the penalty box last year. Um, so I mean, and he's not necessarily like sitting in the penalty box for like fighting majors. He's just like
2: no, his doesn't most... always
1: have the discipline to stay yeah, on the box. Yeah,
2: his most popular offense is like slashing or holding right. or tripping and pretending that he didn't do it right. like um, that's his big sort of game but you know I don't think I went to a game or really watched a game it, it was more rare that he wasn't in the box at least once during a game Correct. so um, I'm going to go higher because I think some of these other people we're going to talk about are going to inspire him
1: yeah, I'm actually gonna go lower for the reason of I think other people are gonna take those penalty minutes and mm. like I, like and, and it's one of those things where like we say that NHL officials like control the game in some ways. Like I feel like if like other guys are out here like racking up PIMs, like it's gonna be like uh well, I'm not gonna you know snag Gabby for this. I could be wrong though. It could be higher, but 68 is is pretty impressive. The next player is a little interesting because like. Most of his penalty minutes didn't come in the NHL. Most of them came in the AHL. Correct. Uh, he played for the Milwaukee Admirals as a member of the Nashville Predators organization, and that's Matthew Olivier. Um, you know, you hear that name and you think, oh, French-Canadian, Mississippi, come on. Um, and so uh, Matthew Olivier had 14 penalty minutes in the NHL, but had 76 in the AHL for a total of 90. Um and let's have fun. I, like, we'll include his age. Because I think he'll probably, like, go down a few times, like, mm. if I had to guess. And if that's the case, I think he's going to be higher than 90.
2: Yeah, I'm also higher. Um, Matthew Olivier is – I've I've grown quite fond of him over this preseason, um, mainly because I admire his ability to advocate for himself. Um, I think it, frust- it has frustrated some Blue Jackets fans – over preseason because they they haven't really seen what he can do um, mm-hmm. up until a, a couple of games ago, and you know he did an interview where he said, "I wish I could just show people my tapes. Like there's tape out there that shows you exactly why Yarmo wanted him on the Blue Jackets." and olivier is gonna bring like i always talk about that level of grit and intensity that we have not had in a number of years and i think if you give him a chance blue jackets are going to really love what he brings to the ice and he's gonna he's gonna make sure you can see and he's also gonna make our opponents feel what he can do
1: yeah, and another player who's going to do that, I think, is Eric Branson. Eric Branson had 68 penalty minutes in Calgary last year, but he's kind of like assumed this role, right? It's kind of what he was brought in for. It's kind of what he's getting paid four million dollars a year to do, and it's to be a protector, right? He's a bodyguard in some ways, and he is going to draw a lot of penalties for that. The roughing penalties are going to come fast and furious. the The fighting majors might come fast and furious. The Blue Jackets had the least amount of fighting majors last season in the league. They had seven that was tied with the Edmonton Oilers. That's not going to be the case again this year. Like, they're definitely going to find themselves uh, with guys in a box for five, a little bit of five for fighting. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go higher on Goody, too. Like, I just can't imagine that he is not – given that he has been put in this role, he is not going to back away from a challenge.
2: Yeah, I'm also going higher – Branson is the ultimate big brother in this circumstance and because our team is so young and not really rough and tumble uh in many ways he has a lot of little brothers to defend and he's already shown that um in a couple different circumstances over the preseason and so
1: yeah he's he's I think he's definitely getting more all right now podcast co-host Andrew Peek um, he had 60 minutes last year. I'm actually going to say he's going to go down, um, because again, right, like, when you have other players on the roster, like, Peak found himself, like, taking on a little bit of this enforcer role every now and again. Um, he's a strong guy. He's, he's physical. He's hard to get off of a puck, so he pisses people off. Um, and, and I can't imagine that he's not going to find himself in a couple of situations where he gets, <laughs> gets into it, but 60 it feels like a lot when when you've got players like Matthew Olivier and Erica Branson taking on the brunt work of being that enforcer type, and so I'm gonna go lower for a peek. Um,
2: <laughs> I'm also gonna go lower because I think he might this might this type of season might give him the opportunity again. Not that he mm. is a strong offensive defenseman. But I think that this type of season and the type of defenseman that we are going to have and the pairs that we're going to have, this may give him an opportunity to be a little bit more offensive and have a few more of those scoring opportunities. So that's why I think his minutes will go down.
1: Yeah, that's totally fair. So talking about things that probably need to go down, <laughs> I, think, I think predicting this is probably a little bit, like, haphazard. I think both of us are going to say lower for both of these, but we'll we'll go through the motions of this. We're going to move to to goals allowed. So Elvis Merzlikens last year had a 322 goals allowed average, um, or goals against average, I'm sorry, and there's no way that that's higher. Uh, it can't be. It just
2: absolutely can't be. Our number one goaltender, and as Elvis's, um, I'm going to say, number three fan because his wife and child are um, his top two. Um, He knows that. He doesn't want that. He's going to do everything that he physically can to make sure that that doesn't happen. So it will be
1: lower. Yeah, agreed. And, And one that has to be lower when he gets healthy and plays that's that's Jonas Corpusalo he had a 415 gold against average
2: for the love of all is good and holy in this earth I need the universe to let Corpy, for the games that he will get to play and I it's not gonna be as even as it's been in the years past between him and Elvis just because of the circumstance but I need him to have good games because his confidence needs it my like emotional side needs it for him. And his future needs it, because the likelihood that he's gonna get another contract from the Blue Jackets is not high. Yeah,
1: and the Blue Jackets need, like, a third or fourth round pick in March. So, I'm gonna yes. need him to bump that up a little bit. Um, So, those are our pluses and minuses. We only differed once, twice, twice. Yeah, we differed on how many goals uh, Jakub Voracek is gonna score and how many penalty minutes is uh, gonna have. So... Oh, we also disagreed on Cole Sillinger, uh, total goals. So we've got three. So we'll see how that goes. Let's two out of three, I guess. Um, but now to to wrap things up, we're going to just do some some quick, um, you know, who's going to have the most, right? So, uh, Laura, who's going to have the most goals for the Blue Jackets this year?
2: Patrick Kleiner.
1: Yep, me too. There's, like, no, like, I – and if he doesn't, like, that's a problem. Like, yeah. so we're going to go Patrick. He's going to have the most assists.
2: Boone Jenner?
1: Huh. Sure. No. Yeah, no, 100%. It's Johnny Goudreau. Like, 100% it's Johnny Goudreau. I'm happy to to fight with you on this one. Um,
2: The look that he just gave me of this, like, you're dumb.
1: Well, it's only because you said his assist total was going to go up from last year. And I'm like, if Boone Jenner has more than 70 assists on a season... I will buy the entire city of Columbus around at a dollar bar. You mean
2: Johnny. Johnny no. had
1: 70 assists. Right. And you just said that Boone Ye- was going to have more assists oh. than Johnny. So you're saying that Boone is going to have more than 70 assists.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay. Laura's dumb in this one.
1: <laughs> but um,
2: I have faith. He's on their line. He's going to have to assist them in some way. And if is, they're scoring a lot of goals.
1: That's true. <laughs> that is true. The points will come for him without a doubt. So... Y'all can up.
2: call me dumb later.
1: <laughs> so now we can go to points. Okay. Uh, I I think Patrick Line. I don't know that Johnny Gaudreau. well only because I think Patty's gonna be pretty neck and neck goals and assists because of the caliber of that line.
2: Yeah, I'm going Johnny.
1: Okay. Perfect. So is this team making the playoffs?
2: I hate this question. Yes.
1: No. <laughs> so, this one was good. We differed a lot yeah. on the, like, quick rapid fire. No,
2: I'm not saying... I am not saying that we're getting in the playoffs. I think that we'll be a wild card.
1: Um, yeah, if we may... Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to be, like up until April playing meaningful hockey. Like I don't yes. think that we're going to like be out of the race yes. right away.
2: I don't think it's going to be January like it was last year. While, well, even though numbers wise, we were still in the race for the playoffs, but we really were not. Um, I I think if we get in, we will be a wild card. Um, and then it's just, it's in God's hands after that, but I'm going to go. But again, I will not be devastated if we don't. Like, if Jeremy is right in this situation, I am not going to be devastated and I'm not going to be convinced that uh, Lars and Yarmo and the whole coaching staff needs to be fired and, you know, that Johnny's a lemon, like, all this sort of stuff that people I know will say if we don't make the playoffs. Um, But I just have this sneaky suspicion that we will, by the skin of our teeth – Make it
1: in. That is a CYA if I have ever heard one. A big old cover your ass um, <laughs> throwing Well I already looked dumb. So like he no, did not look dumb. I hope that you are right. Like I would again meet me at our bar in mid April, or if we make the playoffs after the season's over, I will buy everybody in Columbus around. How about
2: on if I'm right about Boone, you just have to buy me his jersey.
1: I will do that and
2: Oh, okay, wow.
1: So, we'll see how that...
2: I'm out here struggling to pay for things, and he's like, I'm buying everyone around at our bar and you a Boone Jenner jersey.
1: I think that the hyperbole there is just, like, more so of just, like, a, I really don't think it's going to happen. But, mm. um, I will do it.
2: Now we're manifesting it, friends. <laughs> I want a Boone Jenner jersey, yeah, and Bo- I am for. <laughs>
1: Boone Jenner to 80 assists, check. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. the show today and um, you know as much as we can look forward to the season, I think it's important that we take some time and space to to name the, the issues with the hockey culture and, and society and uh, obviously challenge the sport that we love to continue to be better.
2: Yeah and I think uh, especially for new fans it's important for them to to know that there is still so much that needs to be addressed within the hockey community on all levels. Um, if, you're, if you're new and you've been starting to pay attention to the sport, you have seen uh, the massive issues with Hockey Canada, um, with some of the lower levels having to uh, remove coaches for gross sexual misconduct, um, and just a number of things. And particularly, um, and we put a statement out last week, and I think it's really important that we, we say it, we say it again, that as a half-female-led show... Um, one of our biggest missions is to not only make hockey more open and accepting to everyone, but specifically more open and accepting to women um, and to let women know that you have every right to love and enjoy this sport, to participate in this sport, to learn to play this sport at any age, um, to work in any aspect of this sport and it doesn't have to be just because you find the players attractive or you you know there's no right way to fan but you should never let someone tell you or belittle you into believing that you don't have a place here so we don't want to drag it on but we just want to make it clear and if you've been here with us for a while you should Not be surprised that this is our opinion, but we need to do better. Fans, front office, players, everyone needs to do better because this sport should feel like a safe place for everyone.
1: Absolutely, and we hope that as the season continues, you can continue to rely on us to be some of that safe space for you. We're never going to stop talking about this kind of stuff. It's just kind of who we are as people outside of the sport that we enjoy to watch, but it's also uh, kind of this little place that we've carved for ourselves as being people who challenge the the norms of of hockey culture and society and so um hopefully you feel comfortable here and hopefully you continue to feel comfortable here and we'll continue to do everything we can to make sure that that is true and so if ever you need a hockey home you found it uh and if you don't know exactly where to find that hockey home uh, i know a certain somebody who happens to be the one half of our podcast that is female. (laughs) who can tell you exactly where you can find community with us.
2: Yes, absolutely. And, you know, like we said, we're very excited for the season to be starting. Um, There's a lot of fun um, events and activities this week as the Blue Jackets get set to kickoff 2022-2023 2020, season. Um, if you are able, we we will be at our bar tomorrow night, Wednesday, um, for the watch party of the Blue Jackets Carolina game. So if you are able, come on down and say hi. And then absolutely, we hope that you are making your way down to Nationwide Arena on Friday uh, for all the festivities uh, leading up to the home opener uh, things are starting at 3 30 um, in the plaza and there is the return of the blue carpet for this year where the players will make their grand um, entrances and you know do fist bumps and high fives and all that sort of stuff and it's just a lot of fun they're having a band and everything and we will be there too so you can find us and and say hello but you can also find us on social media we are on twitter and instagram at subjectively pod you can follow us on facebook at subjectively speaking if you want to check out more information about us and how we started the show or just want links to everything um, you can check out our website subjectivelyspeaking.com Um, If you want to support your two favorite hockey podcasters, you can and get some free and not free and get some cool merch in the process. You can check out our brand new merch website, uh, subjectivelymerch.com, which now has both our brand new Here's Johnny uh, logo design and our classic um, podcast logo with the microphone and the Ohio flag both by our incredible graphic designer, Stephen Kinnicki. We will be adding our other logos and some new designs over the next couple of months, so keep an eye out for that. Um, And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, Um, especially if it's on Apple Podcasts. Scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. Um, And again, we don't know how the algorithm works. We just know that ratings subscriptions reviews whatever all makes us more visible within the hockey podcast charts and we are really trying to get to 50 star ratings um before the home opener on friday Uh, we are two away so if you haven't yet and you can help us out with that we would greatly appreciate it
1: that we would and until next time which is not a week from now. Yeah, it's It's, very shortly. It's actually three days from now when you'll hear from us again, but um, until next time, please make sure you're taking care of yourselves, take care of one another, and we will talk to you all very shortly, and hopefully we'll be recapping a Blue Jackets win over the Carolina Hurricanes. Bye!